0: if you look at Wall Street, the only driver for Wall Street is one metric and one metric only, which is how good is your bottom line.
1: Money, 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 money.
0: Welcome to the Emotional Compass. This is Bodhi. And Abiel. You know, we've been on a bit of a hiatus. Uh, You know, I went on a little vacation. Now You've been launching some new endeavors and diving into some new endeavors and researching a lot of new things. And so it was rightly so that we took a little pause and now we've regrouped and we have some very interesting things to talk about. For example emergent cyclical phenomenon phenomenological existential Phenomenolo- phenomenological <laughs> existential <laughs> double helix levels of existence conception of adult human behavior or 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 this this is easier emergent cyclical double helix model of the adult biopsychosocial behavior jesus i don't think it gets any easier right? i feel like mary poppins can make a song out of this and make it easier for all of us <laughs> a little bit of double helix makes the medicine go down <laughs> super cali
1: <laughs> I don't even i don't even want to <laughs> dig into that one. <laughs>
0: But anyway, we're talking about spiral dynamics. That's the easier, more digestible version of what Claire Graves originally created, which is the emergent cyclical theory. And then it was adapted by Don Beck and Christopher, Christopher Cowan. And, um, it's, it's basically a theory that, is based upon mimetics and it's a way of kind of classifying life or people or societies or cultures. And it's, it's an overall integral theory that explains a lot of our life or a lot of people, a lot of cultures, a lot of societies. And, as we were diving more and more into this, we realized it's kind of a framework, a framework for you to base so many things upon. It's It can be a framework for you to start a new government, a new organization. Um, I remember I was telling you that I was once working at a company where we had this like flat structure, where we had, you know, no management where we basically had like a couple of people on top and then the rest of the company was going to be flat. And we looked into this, uh, theory called holacracy, which is kind of based on spiral dynamics. Correct. You know, we, we were trying to find a way on how to navigate this new structure without managers. And Spiral Dynamics kind of gave that framework on how to do it. Is it easy to understand and comprehend? Is there a huge learning curve? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's where we come in because I you have done way more research on this than I have. I'm kind of just going along for the ride, um, but it's fascinating. It's still on stuff. the ride, yeah. I mean, I'm still on the ride. I mean, like Don Beck spent his entire lifetime on this, right? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, not his entire lifetime. So I think it was in the 70s where uh, Don Beck was uh, a professor in northern Texas where he saw this research uh, from from Claire Graves. I I don't want to butcher his name. Is that correct?
0: Yeah. Claire Graves. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Yes. So Claire Graves had had some influences, like he was good friends with Abe Abraham Maslow, the hierarchy of needs. But one of the things that was really interesting was that he was teaching like all these systems of development and in his, in his tenure, he, he would teach all these modalities of, of seeing the world. But at the end, students were left like, but which one's the right one? And to a certain degree, he almost thought about quitting because he was one of those guys that's like honorable. And like, I think, um, what's his name? Don Beck called him like angular with a, a way of speaking that commanded a room. Like you could tell he had tremendous admiration for graves but Graves was one of those like old school researchers. And he started studying like groups of people to try to figure out, hey, how do all these theories of development like one was teaching like the right way of dogma and the other one was teaching like self-development and and others were teaching like communal. And I think out of that, he started studying right all these people and his research was really fascinating and i think it was like cutting edge back then he would he would collect all these symbols and imagery from all these classifications and then through a period of 9 years he would be showing this to to people to as like images that flash through you the same way that you know tv ads will have flashing images of like a coca cola or fries or which became illegal, by the way, that would that would seep into your subconscious so that you would be, you know, craving a certain sweet or a snack. So you would use these subconscious modalities through imagery to have the the test subjects um, indicate when they recognize the image. And based on that, he started creating this framework that later on became uh, spiral dynamics because he died in in 1986 and his theory was never finished that's where uh don beck and the other general um, gentleman um what's his name richard dawkins yeah um they both took on the the task of writing about this which then you know influenced other uh thinkers like ken wilbert and his theory of everything and but what I found was that the way he starts explaining all these memes um, was extremely fascinating because I had seen my growth through these means in my own life, because, you know, we're, we're both kind of in the same boat where self-development and, and research has been a big part of our lives for a long time. The Same reason why we're having this podcast. So the, if you Google it and you look at the memes described in spiral dynamics from 1996, you're going to get a, a group of colors and letters and the colors don't be fooled. Do not really have any significance other than to simplify things. And for people to be able to look at this theory in a, in, in a more, you know, kindergarten way, I guess that's my favorite way of saying it. But When you start looking at like the beige, which is automatic autistic reflexive, his theory is saying that humans at a very, very early stage of development were in this stage of like literally survival, like little awareness of the self, um, lives off of the land, um, minimal impact or control over the environment. Like they are literally surviving. It's like cavemen, probably 150 thousand years ago like straight up surviving and then you're looking if you start looking at the chart it starts moving up into purple which is um kin spirit um obey desire of mystical spirit being that's where magic was starting to create you know it's now now we're starting to gather things levels of complexity start to develop and you start creating these these ways of looking at things like um magical village um, seek harmony within the natural powers and one of the things that i i want to reiterate is that in this grave there's like this invisible pendulum that goes from the environment to the individual and it constantly does that so like the beige is individualistic like straight up survival the purple then becomes group oriented then the red again goes into individualistic which is. Um, power gods or the egocentric in a world having the haves and nots, um, avoiding shame, defend reputation,
0: um, wait, wait, gratified impulses. I, I want to interject here because I, I feel like we're moving a little fast through the colors. But basically, they, Claire Graves assigned certain uh, codes, like he assigned letter pairs to define these individual memes which later on were assigned colors so that you could easily associate what those memes are about and when when we're talking about memes we're not talking about like the memes that we have today in our internet generation right I mean meme is anything that's like transmuted through cultures or through times and when you talked about beige that really talks about what the cavemen were like they were fighting for their survival on a constant basis they were all like you said they were very individualistic because living off the land meant that you had to hunt you had to go and find food for yourself and you had to fend for yourself. There were no markets, there were no supermarkets where you can go and get food. You had to go and like hunt your prey. And once you did hunt it and cook it, well that was yours for the keeping. You had to protect that food right. from from other people that were like right. you. And and so they had this like strong innate desire to survive. And we still have that to this day within us. If we take us out of our surroundings, like, you know, you have all of these shows like Survivor, um, that basically sense of naked and afraid, so many different shows, right? That survival instinct kicks in. We go back into that caveman stage
1: so they're part we, of us you can't you can't take it out it's it's encoded in our dna absolutely or biology however you want to call it absolutely and, yeah then and, you you start getting clans you know once you start once these systems start to integrate and you start gathering in groups all of a sudden you know now there's magic like magic is what makes the rainfall for these crops to to appear um yeah, that, start creating. That's start when creating we went from like well. just
0: being hunters to like, you know, uh, people that actually had these crops, and exactly. you you tamed the land and you grew, uh, you know, grains and all kinds of uh, vegetation on the land, and that's when you realized that there is uh, power in numbers, and so you started building clans and villages and groups. And so now as you have clans, you have clan leaders. The leaders Mm -hmm. want to protect their own kind. They fight against the other clans. And so now it became from individualistic to the people that are immediately in your surrounding.
1: Yep, exactly. Magical self wanting safety and security.
0: Looking to gods and higher powers with rituals and protection. Yeah, and that that's where in the clans you have these different people that assume different roles. So you have the the guy that's a, a lot more mystical. He's in touch with the mystical realm. And so they create all these rituals on how you can pray to the deities to get rain for the crops, for example, or to, to protect you from natural disaster to keep the spirits happy. Active, to keep their spirits happy. And so the purple meme essentially defines how we went from being this individual hunter, a caveman, to now being a little more domesticated where you're, you're domesticating other animals and you're creating a clan, you're creating a village, you're creating a group. And then from there we went kind of, to the corruption of the power, to the people that were at the top, right, because here are these people now that are commanding over other people, they're getting a little more corrupt it's you you have that distinction of the the landlords, the feudal lords or the kings and the subjects yeah it start
1: it starts becoming complex for sure. Real quick, but but this is taking this is taking various you know millennia to to develop. But we could, we could, in essence, we're not going to spend a thousand years explaining this. But, um, I think that once that purple you know that that's that group, then it gives this nest the safety for you know the red to appear. So, each one of them starts to build upon each other, and that's why it's self emerging cyclical. Because each one of them builds upon each other, and then the red, you know,
0: so we already
1: explained the red. Did he go for that one?
0: Well, we, we were evolving from the, the the purple, which was the, the clans, purple. into correct. the red, which is basically, like we said, it's it's more egocentric. Now, correct, In,
1: impulsive self, yeah, uh, driven for power, glory,
0: rage, revenge. Um, but, it's egocentric. But, and this still exists in our society, right? You give anyone oh, power and power corrupts. Oh, absolutely. I think the, I
1: wanted to go through all these before we started applying that to, to societies and groups and organizations. Sure. Um, okay. So let's move on from that egotistical then, which is once again in the individual, we then go into blue. True force, purposeful mean, you know, which is rules and roles of self. Here's where like doctrines, morality, self-sacrifice, bringing order, control, and controlling impulsivity, responses to guilt, enforces principles of righteous living, uh, a divine plan assigned to people and their places. This is where the birth of dogma and religion starts now shaping these large groups of people. So as you could as you could see, like purple gets together, we start creating clans, and now you get like let's call them the red guys are just you know taking people's wives, stealing the crops, and now blue like now starts to define itself because now it needs order for these groups of people that have been created, and then we're obviously going to touch a little bit um, into like. How that corresponds to different organizations. For me, blue was huge. Growing up, I resonated with blue dearly. It was one of those where my life had purpose, my views of the world were set, I had a place in the world, I knew my path, I knew what I had to do. There were these rule sets of morality that were given to me, and I had to stick by those so that. I could earn myself to the promised land. So for me, when I, when I started ra- reading about the blue, um, I, that touched me to the core. I had, I had a lot of nostalgia and, and appreciation for the blue because a uh, blue is also like self-sacrificing. There's a lot of discipline involved with blue and, and trying to, to reach for a higher cause. Um, blue has a lot of influence in societies to create order, to create the perfect, perfect environment for orange to emerge. So all these, you know, all these are beautiful expressions of the development of the human experience. And I speak of all of these not as a level of judgment, like these are right or these are wrong, these are better, or these are worse, but simply like the same way that a tree develops and different aspects of it are at different stages or organisms it's it's all beautiful and i believe um it's perfectly created there's like this beautiful this beautiful expression of human behavior that's that i
0: observe through this model i love it um Yeah, and then coming to the orange, which, like you said, emerges out of the blue, is this strive for independence, to seek out a good life and material abundance, and then the progress through better solutions, which is all about technology, science and technology, Yes, and free market capitalism, right? You're playing to win and you really enjoy competition. And then learning through experience, like, hey, this has worked. Let's apply this in the future problems that we face because this solution in the past worked for us. And this is the, the world we live in today. It's, yeah. it's full of orange. Yeah. It's, a, it's also called the achiever
1: self, where self dis, um, self-desire for autonomy like having your own business, being self-reliant, um, self-interest, sports. You know, there's a winner, um, acquisition, material pleasure. Um, by learning to excel, I think a lot of our audience, if you're listening, probably relates to the achiever self or the self-help or those who want to become better versions of themselves. I think um, what Blue does, which is really interesting, it it, it is about self-development, but it's through a higher, a higher God or a higher cause that you self-develop. Orange then puts the emphasis in self, right? Now it's my job. I I can't put it outside of myself for my self-development. I must take control over my development and become the best version of myself. So blue puts it out into the group, out into the cosmos, out into God. Orange looks directly into the self. So a lot of the pitfalls that you could have into orange is to ignore or leave behind what they call to evolve and deassociate versus evolve and integrate. I had an issue growing up being blue, getting deeply into self-development and deeply into like, how can I be the best version of myself as the achiever? And then finding myself shunning away from all the things that have created or molded who I was at at a certain point. I don't know if I probably discussed this with the podcast. I became an atheist. And I think that was like the dark, the dark, the dark time or the, the dark night of my soul going through that period of from blue to orange, because I had no more hope into a eternal life or my views of what heaven was to me at that point, all that, had disintegrated um, through through the through the application of, of of orange, and because it's so scientific, because it's so matter of fact, it also has its limitations because it creates this this scientific Newtonian paradigm that must be encapsulated in order for it to be. So it's it's kind of rigid as well, but I think orange the other aspect of orange is that it's so self-interested that it will ignore the common good of others for instance what happened back in 2009 with the the crash of our economy is an example of orange where all these bankers and and financial people were saying okay i'm going to make myself you know 150 million dollars but If all these transactions that are making are not that super legit, but I'm going to be able to, you know, survive from it and give my family a better life, then I'm going to go ahead and do it. It wasn't looking at the entirety of the nation. It was looking at the individual. So with Orange, we have aspects of pollution. We have aspects of, you know, not treating people fairly by giving them too little wages or or you know not looking at the whole the whole picture to create a better environment so from from that disbalance then we have the green movement which is something that we happened oh you wanted to add something
0: yeah i mean before we move into the green i want to stress that we currently live in this orange world i know i mentioned it before too but this whole free market capitalistic society where if you look at Wall Street, the only driver for Wall Street is one metric and one metric only, which is how good is your bottom line?
1: Money, and money, 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 money. Yeah,
0: and money. When, you, when you focus on that one metric, everything else goes to hell, right? Yes. It, you, you're not looking at how well does this company contribute to the, the betterment of society? The betterment of humanity. How well does it treat its employees? What is the work culture like? What is the happiness index of the people working there? Because people talk about corporations and companies like they are, you know, they're basically these they're entities. People. They're they're made up yeah. of people. I think we forget but they that they treat the corporate. They they humanize corporations. I know they do, but they yeah. re- they forget that corporations are just made up of people. And what about the happiness of those people? Why is that not a driver or a metric to gauge how successful that corporation is? And and so, yeah, as, as you were getting to it, from that, a lot of people were jaded I mean, you hear about burnout a lot. I'm actually hearing about burnout a lot more now because so many people have had to go through COVID and have had these hard times and having to like juggle work and, you know, their kids being homeschooled and them being everyone like in this pressure cooker at home. Yeah. You realize that this driver, this, greed that we have been all chasing after is no longer working for us but but they realized this back in the 60s preach it brother for sure they realized this back in the 60s and that's when we had the whole hippie movement where they were like you know screw the man
1: correct that's called evolving with with deassociating and so we evolved out of orange into But we deassociated. We were saying, "Screw the man," right? Instead of evolving and integrating, saying, "Let's build a bigger corporation so we could take over and create the world that we want."
0: Well, that's you're jumping another tier, though, by saying
1: that. No, that's still
0: it's still green. That's that still would have been
1: green, but they're not integrating. They're deassociating. That's my take, at least on it. Because it's not till second tier where then you have that acceptance because green is still judging.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, they're demonizing the corporations. They're demonizing this framework that our entire society is based upon. Our entire society is based on economic incentive. You cannot demonize that. But the heart of our country is blue. Well, we'll, we'll come back to that. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll come back to this whole. A big portion well, of our what? country is blue. Not, not so I much don't, orange. I, we, I don't deny that. Yeah, and, and if you guys are confused as to where and what colors we're talking about, we, we have a link there. And if you just Google spiral dynamics and click on the Wikipedia link, you'll see all the colors there. Uh, that's what we both have pulled up as well. And we're looking sure. through. Um but yeah, we're gonna put some links in the show notes so that you can follow along with the colors. It's it's yeah, very, sounds... very fascinating, this framework. So this let's let's go back so to the fun. green. Yes, green,
1: man. I remember when I had, you know, as as the orange, I think the same mechanism for self-development throws you into this, like you have read all the self-development books that you could have found like business and marketing and, you know, fitness. And then you're like, wait a second, there's also a mind. There's also a consciousness. So, you know, that leads then to the next level of self-development, which is spirituality. At least that's how I found it.
0: If you wanted to add something. Oh, and then you write your own. <laughs> What's that? I said, and then you write your own, you know, you, you've yeah, found exactly, all these books and then you write your own. Every and there's been like
1: five hundred thousand books written on the same subject from their own point of view so then it that led for me my my next stage was you know uh green was like explanation of the inner being of self of others, and once again that pendulum starts to swing from individual now to group and like we gotta take care of others we gotta you know find ways and systems to Protect others, so a lot of the green is is more rooted into helping communities realizing that the whole is just as important as the individual. Now we got start getting more expansive as well, like sharing all all of society's resources, um, liberating humans from greed and dogma, because you're seeing this this understanding that we are more than these physical bodies. Like you said, our me ma- our metric. Or, you know, measuring the success of a business should not be dollar signs, but should be like the the quality of life of those employees, of those individuals. And it's such a hard, it's such a hard transition for a lot of CEOs to make from orange to green. Because the formula of orange is very, very ones and zeros. Like it's either you're making money or you're not making money. And that's easy to, to put in a spreadsheet, but to say, hey, how's the quality of life? How are you sleeping at night? How are you enjoying your process? So with, with holography, right, or that book, it starts talking now about, you know, looking at all these systems and who resonates with what color to put or clump those people up together so that they can work with one another. Because they're we're realizing that, green judges orange orange says that blue believes in fairy tales and it only believes in science blue says my way is the only right way don't you tell me about science i believe in faith red is just you know it's it's almost thinking i need to survive i i have to walk five miles to get water I don't have time to pray to a God. I'm I'm literally in survival mode, and uh, you know it's hard to see systems of purple. Um, I think based on all the research I've done, I think we we're looking at red, blue, orange, um, some tiers of green, and uh, and we're currently, according to the theory, we're currently in those stages of of pain of discomfort because we're birthing into yellow. We, we are at the verge of yellow, in my opinion.
0: I think there's something important to be said about these colors because it feels like we kind of like move through these colors, but a society can have a multitude of colors at the same time. It doesn't Correct. mean that we're just orange or we're just green, you know, that even within ourselves, we can embody these colors, like multiple colors, not just like, hey, I am green in color. And this is not meant to be a personality test or a test to see how a society is doing. There's no right or wrong here. It's, it's a way, it's a framework to understand our lives, our societies, ourselves a little better. And to see how we can navigate and where we can go. You know, it doesn't mean that the second tier is better than the first. If you look at it from that perspective, yes, but it just means that you're evolving. You're evolving to think at a higher level. Think as level a level of
1: complexity.
0: As a, yeah, level of complexity, because it's not black and white you you're starting to see the grays and you're like okay Hmm. i as as a like the greens like i said the hippie movement was very green where they just shunned the capitalistic society and they were like down with the man screw the man the man is evil and horrible and in my life growing up i've seen this a lot where i see uh you know a, a lot of The people that I've come across where they're like, you know, I don't want to be part of, um, you know, propagating the man or working for the man. And I'm just like, well, no matter what you do, if you walk into a Target or a Starbucks and you buy from those corporations, you are still supporting the man. You know, if you're buying those goods, I mean, if you were completely living off grid. The shirt that you're wearing. The
1: shirt shirt that you want. The socks that you have on.
0: I mean, food. Forget about All of it. You could live (laughs) naked, but you'd have to have food, right? Unless you're completely (laughs) living off-grid, living off the land, then I agree that you're probably not supporting the man. But if you live in this country, you're still supporting the man at some level. I would say practically any country on the planet. And so you cannot just shun out the framework the society the the infrastructure that's there in place and demonize it and still accept it you know it's it's i i feel it's very it's it's a dichotomy and you have to realize that dichotomy exists and how you can navigate that without being judgmental towards it and this is where we evolve out of the first tier. So all these yeah. colors that we've been talking about so far, the the beige, the purple, the red, the blue, the orange, and the green, they're part of the first tier. Yeah. And in the second tier is when we kind of go and lift ourselves above this and start looking at the complexities of society. And the way okay. our lives now exist, and you were talking yeah, about it's, yellow, which is part yeah, it's of the first tier. I mean, the second it starts tier, taking it
1: starts taking on the ten thousand foot view. Oh, but before we go into second tier, there are examples of purple in our society, in those inner cities where we have kids in gangs. Those are types of purple being expressed. And the red, you know, like um, Don Beck took sixty-three trips to South Africa. He was also looking at where those individuals were at the time, because the the craziest part about the first tier is that each one of these colors sees the world differently, but doesn't embrace each other. So the group, each if you're in a specific color and you're hearing you know, us describing that color, if you're feeling like a little resentment or if you're feeling like you're being judged, that's not the case. But it's indicative that you are residing within any one of these colors. So if you're listening to this program and you're sticking around, it's it's a good good indicative that you're taking the time to progress to grow. Um, But once again, It's a very important, like, like Bodhi was saying, that book that his company took forth talks about those individuals that reside within blue, you would find somebody within that, and within that order, to be able to work with them together. You you can't, it's hard for you to mix somebody in blue with somebody in orange. For instance, like somebody in orange might not have a hard time, might have no issues using curse words. But somebody in blue might be offended if by any, any chance you were to use a bad word. So also, like, because it, it goes against their morals. And orange is like you kind of create your own morals, right? Um, so, yeah, the yellow is where we start seeing acceptance. I think acceptance is the first key to move beyond the judgment. Acceptance of what is. Acceptance of who you are. Um, discovering, you know, personal freedoms without harm to others or excess of self-interest. You know, you're starting to find that balance. I think uh, in the works of David R. Hawkins, the yellow is is when you start entering in the realm of neutrality, where you no longer have to judge to to be with somebody. You're more open for um, interactions. You're more willing to cooperate with other individuals, you easily can merge, you know, and speak with green, orange, or blue because you have integrated those aspects of what as well. So uh, yellows are are they're saying how yellows are in the in the top tier, meaning there's less than two percent of individuals that are in these tiers because. It takes a lot of work. It takes a lot of introspection. It takes a lot of self-acceptance and radical forgiveness for yourself and for others for you to let go of your judgments and be free of your inner critic to be in this place of beingness. Um, it, it, It demands integrative and open systems where you are the creator, but you're not demanding of others to follow the way you do things. So the yellow is a really high level of of functioning, um, and it has flexibility, spontaneity. um, It sees things differently. Um, He understands that there is a mix of truth within each one of those groups, and he honors all of those. So in the yellow, we start seeing really, really amazing leaders that could go into a, a system or organization and be able to rule through power and not force.
0: Yeah, the, the yellow is very, very fascinating because, like you said, it, the first thing is acceptance. And I think we're seeing more and more of that come out, especially with the millennial culture. You can see that they are a lot more accepting of the diversity in the landscape. They see that it's not just we're black or white, or we're not just like male or female, you know, with the gender fluidity or with the acceptance of color and diversity and race. And, and they, they focus a lot on, you know, what's the competence? What's, what is, how can I be flexible towards this situation? How can I be more understanding towards the situation and be empathetic towards those people around me rather than force my will upon the society at large and be a collective. It's not individualistic. You, you, you are a collective and you are a lot more ca- compassionate towards the people around you.
1: Beautiful. One of the things I wanted to say, now that we've briefly touched all of them, We're not, I don't even feel comfortable talking about turquoise. I feel like, you know, um, avatars like Buddha, Christ, Krishna, um, enlightened gurus, um, some of those might be in turquoise, but that's so out of the realm of, you know, most humans. I think, I think I just feel comfortable talking about yellow, but one of the very interesting things is that each color is like a, a gravitational pull. So for instance, let's say you were born into, you know, an, a blue household as you're growing up, beige would be your infantile self where you need, you need feeding, you need your diapers change. Then purple would be like dealing with like middle school and, and, an elementary school where you're, 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 cl- you're in your little cliques and you're really mean to one another. And you get a lot of bullying. You're trying to identify with who you are, what you are, and, and middle school could be very, very difficult for a lot of children, especially with social media. And you know now that we're being exposed to so many more kids with disabilities that are trying to survive, and now we could diagnose them properly, like mental disorders, or you know we got Tourette's and autism. But you know, but the blue is your household, so you're being pulled. Towards that center of gravity. Um, Then you go into your reds, where you know, more of the teenager years and and then eventually you're in your blue. So each each one of them helps you move towards that color. But also once you start moving away from that color, there's also a gravitational pull holding you back as well. So that's that's a really interesting thing. Once you go into like, you know, self-development and you start seeking into yourself you know that blue might be like but you have to like trust in god and trust in the bible so the blue starts getting scientific and you could see how it's starting to pull it back and vice versa with the blue it's like a lot of kids that are born into um orange households might just be in that space so for them it's easier to make the transition to green but then again there's a gravitational pull so all these levels are super interesting and the works of Ken Wolbert describe precisely the integration and the, the evolution and the integration of each of these systems. So I I personally have found the, this framework to be extremely fascinating because I have seen my life, you know, flash through all these colors, truly. Been, I've been mind blown by this whole spectrum of human development. And uh, I think there's a lot of aspects of my psyche, because obviously this is not, you, you're, not uh, you're not a one dimensional human being. So you might have aspects of yourself that are yellow while have other aspects that are blue that are so not as developed. I think there's like nine or 11 different aspects of the psyche that each could be floating in different levels. And also, one thing that I wanted to mention is that, you know, you might be blue, but you might have a lot of orange characteristics, like you might be a scientist that's a Christian, or you might, you know, be an entrepreneur that is looking to fight hunger and looking to, you know, are are peaking towards green. So all these are just, like I said, memes, They're, they're, they're ways of seeing each one of us, but First of all, we're not all in the same, there's no pure orange or pure green and different aspects of ourselves might be floating from one place to another. So I felt like that was very interesting also to mention.
0: Yeah, and I'm sure as we're talking about all of this and you're wondering like, why the hell should I care? And that, you know, as... You were going through all these colors and I was reading the book by Don Beck. Um, The last chapter in Don Beck's book, and I'll put up the link to that as well in the show notes, he, he went in detail on how this is applicable towards leadership, especially corporate leadership. Once you understand the color makeup of an individual, you can see where their strengths and weaknesses lie and where in the corporate hierarchy they could be the most effective. So if this is something that interests you, maybe this is something you can take further and look into something like holacracy or I'll even put a link into this whole... um, um, yeah, article which is called the upward flow of uh, human development at whole foods where the uh, whole foods corporate leadership came together and they basically used uh, spiral dynamics to see how it was applicable towards their organization and to their corporate leadership And there's a whole slew of things that can be done with spiral dynamics. If you're into uh, geopolitics, you know, it can be used there. It can be used for cultural analysis. It can be used for economic analysis. Um, There's a lot of practical application for spiral dynamics. And like I said, you could spend an entire lifetime, you know, researching this and applying that research.
1: Totally. To me, it was really fascinating how they would use this knowledge to, for instance, Iceland was having a hard time identifying themselves as as a society to the people with the volcanoes. And through the use of spiral dynamics, they were able to create an infrastructure for their societies to flourish. And you could see the same with uh, Nelson Mandela in in South Africa, uh, how... You know, they were using I think they were using um, football or we call soccer to to (laughs) to market these ideas to the people, because that's the that's the color mean that language that they were receptive to. So it's not to say it's almost like, you know, what's better, you know, French or Spanish. It's like they're just languages. Uh, but let's let's talk a little bit of a turquoise. Um, the the blending and harmonizing a strong collective of individuals, focusing on good of all living entities as integrative system. Expanded expanded use of human brain mind tools as competences. Uh, self as part of a larger conscious spiritual whole also serves self. Global ne- networking seen as routine. Acts of minimal of minimalist living to less actual where less is actually more so i have a really good feeling that our new generation will be in will transcend to turquoise um in the near future i i have the hope for this to happen um before my my last breath here on earth i have a good feeling about that
0: it seems like the people that have embodied turquoise on this planet are, you know, those spiritual masters who just live minimally and understand that we are just part of a whole. We're just a drop in the ocean. We are not the ocean and, and they can see all of that and they're embodying and living that from moment to moment and they just have this immense, immense amount of compassion for every individual, no matter where they've been or how they act or who they are. And they just embody and live that. I have yet to, I mean, I've, I'm sure in our lifetimes we've like seen glimpses of it but I know I don't embody and live that every single moment of my being. Um, but, and that's not to say that it there's anything wrong with us. If we don't, we are at our own level of evolution. Um, yeah. But it, but it's, it's beautiful to see it kind of, I hate to call these categories because they aren't really categories. Right. But it's, it's kind of beautiful to it see values. It. Yeah, it's it's beautiful to see it described so, and you know, being humans, you you almost want to like ascribe that as a goal, like, hey, I want to like in this lifetime be a turquoise, but it's not a goal, and the, there's also a test, right? You can take a test. To see what colors you embody as an individual based on your upbringing, your environment, um, your education. All of those things contribute to the factor of like what colors you embody as an individual in this lifetime. And that's not to say that it remains static throughout your lifetime, right? You can evolve, change, and grow like any other individual on the planet.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yet another link that I'm going to put in the show notes is take the test. See which colors you embody. I know Abiel took the test. I have yet to take the test. I know I told you I would, but um, I just haven't had the time. But I will definitely be taking the test this weekend. And like I said, it's not a judgment upon ourselves, but it kind of gives you a framework like, hey, maybe this is this is where i want to move towards or this is what more of what i want to espouse you know kind of gives you a goalpost a milestone a guideline
1: there's there's going to be also a lot of resistance if you're in any of these stages which is natural and and you know what if you're like stuck in let's say the truth and the force like um, mine is the only truth i live through faith um, then you know books on self-development and science and progress all those things that you start searching within will be will be your ladder into the next stage of your evolution and vice versa if you're an orange and you're all self-help then look hey, go from your intellect into your heart you know like how's your heart feeling what's your gut telling you what what are your instincts we've we've had a lot of conversations within this podcast to to be in tune with your heart to be in tune with with your instincts because that that's also the the ladder towards um towards the green and if you find yourself judging like you know um we're better than them because we're we're you know we look at everybody and we want to help everybody just remember that all those judgments are holding you back from realizing that they're all beautiful expressions of the self. I think that within each color it's a perfect environment for growth and it's it's this um, cosmic intelligence that allows us to develop in this manner and I don't believe that there's a red, blue, orange, or green. I believe that there's a human evolutionary process. And this is just one theory because there's so many out there, but just one theory that that puts a little bit of a framework that makes it a little bit more relatable for me to understand, for you to understand how you perceive the world, to realize that you're not the only one going through this. There have been so many that have gone through this and the excitement and the joy and the satisfaction of knowing that we're progressing through these changes so quickly because we're in a time of change and we need that change, not only to sell to, to save yourself, to not only to grow as an individual, but also start caring about the environment and one another to, to have a little bit more heart centeredness consciousness where we could be of service to others because in, in the end, is, is we're, we're that thinking membrane of planet Earth. We, this is part of who we are. It's not like we're separate from it. It's a really abstract concept, but I, I truly believe that. So if, you, if you're looking for more information, um, Bodhi's going to provide some awesome links. Um, if you're having a really hard time with these colors, um, just know that you're not alone. Just know that at one point I was going through this spiral dynamics and there was a lot, a lot of conflict within me, recognizing aspects of myself that are not fully integrating. By no means have I mastered this material. By no means am I an involved human being. I'm just a simple, you know, hibarito that fell in love with self-development and I've, I'm going to take this puppy as far as I can. So I want to thank you for being in this journey with us, because we're so excited to share this type of information, because I truly believe that each one of us is an important piece for the evolution of this planet. And whether you are aware of it or not, I truly believe you're playing a crucial role, not only in your life, but the life of those around you. So I just want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for taking the time to listen to us. Um, as a reminder, comment, review, share. Let us know what you think about this theory because we're kind of new at it, but yet we're extremely fascinated by it. And we just love to hear your input. So leave us a note, shoot us an email. You know where we're at. We've been at this for over a year now. So we're almost like your family. So, Cody, until next time, we're the Emotional Compass.